The rotor sounds made us all look into the sky at the same time. We looked all around, then saw a helicopter approaching from the west. I wasn't any expert, but it appeared to be jostling around pretty good in the wind, which gusted occasionally, surprising everyone with its force. Jim got her weapon and raised it, and I put Flexi's carrier on the ground and stood between it and the chopper. We all had our guns out now. After what had happened to Hemp, we weren't taking any chances. While we knew that Dave and Serena were supposed to be in a helicopter, that didn't mean it was this helicopter. Then something changed. The rotor sound sputtered and died, falling silent. I think confusion washed over all our faces, at least for a moment. As we watched, the helicopter nose dipped sharply as it headed straight for our open pasture. I heard Bunsen bark and looked over. Charlie stood and moved away from the covered porch, her almost nine-month pregnant belly leading the way. Bunsen and Slider were on her heels. She got into the open and held her hand above her eyes to shield the bright sunlight as she looked at what had drawn all of our attention. I turned back to watch its flight. The helicopter was still moving toward us, but even I could tell it was struggling to stay airborne. What the hell's going on? I asked, as Hemp stared up at the now quiet bird. Out of fuel is my guess, said Hemp, almost in a whisper, as though not wishing to distract the pilot, who must have been singularly focused at that moment. It's going into auto-rotation now, he said. Hope the pilot is good enough to bring it down safely. We collectively held our breath as the helicopter came in too fast, its nose now dipping impossibly low, but fighting to regain a more level flying position, as the whirlybird dropped from just a hundred feet up. Another gust of wind, probably not under thirty miles an hour, hit the field. The chopper lifted slightly, then dropped suddenly to the ground, its nose angled more sharply now. When it hit, I cringed as the dirt flew up around it. The nose bounced off the ground and back up, causing the helicopter to hit hard on the skids, before bouncing yet again and angling sharply, tilting so far as to bury one of the rotor blades into the grass. The dug-in blade made the chopper's tail swing hard left, the rotor blade pulling out of the soil, now bent to a near forty-five degree angle. The rotor had prevented the bird from flipping onto its side, however, and it returned again to an upright position where it finally came to its final point of rest. I heard all of us release our breath at once. The machine was now still, sitting upright about forty yards away from us, almost in the dead center of our field. A few tense moments passed before the side door opened, and a person with long blonde hair wearing a helmet stepped outside. The helmet came off, and we saw it was Nelson. He waved at us frantically, dropped to his knees, and kissed the ground before turning back to the cabin of the flying machine. He helped a blonde girl out, then others emerged behind her. We gave a loud whoop and smiles spread across our faces as I scooped up little Flexi's carrier, and we all ran toward Nelson and the chopper. Our friends were home. It might have been a very close call, but they had made it safely back to us. Wow, that was freaky! shouted Nelson. It was quiet now, so there was no reason to yell, but after being surrounded by noise for hours, it was hard to get used to speaking at a normal level, so we said nothing. Damn thing ran out of gas, said Nelson, reaching us. I can't believe she put it down, but I had Buddha, God, and every other powerful dude occupied for at least a minute or so there. <laughs>